Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 37-year-old from San Diego, California, USA, a staple of the Weber State University Wildcats and Park City Pioneers. He was an MWJHL champion in 12-13 and has been part of the West Coast Renegades AAA program since 2016 as a director of hockey ops, assistant coach, or head coach, and as an East Coast Elite League 16 and under champion. But he is best known for his life as an agent, where he's built a roster full of dandies and former <laughs> potters and future potters, and uh, seems to have a solid chokehold on the European market. Welcome to the shed, David Amonti. Thanks for having me. Yeah, our first agent. Yeah. Hmm. Hopefully not the last, though. Mm. Yeah, I, I haven't reached out to any of my former ones, but I guess that's how we uh, I usually start is how we know each other. Um, <clears throat> I knew your name because when I was done at Sunder Yuski and I needed a job and I had uh, a little kid and one another one on the way. And um, yeah, um, I reached out to you because Brock Radunsky, I, I contacted to see how I could look into the Asian league. And he yep. said, well, most imports over here use David Amonti. So that's how I got a hold of you. And yep. um, you helped me. And um, basically it was late in this, the, the off season. And I think what happened was they were going to choose between me or another guy. And they chose the other guy because he had NHL games. God darn yeah. it. Eh? It's, and I'll tell you what, that was the hardest league to get into for a long time. Like I spent five years trying to even get a contact for that league, but you know what? I think, uh, all those Koreans that were Olympians and whatnot, I mean, they made pretty good livings. It's, uh, they really kind did. Of a pretty good niche. Yeah. If you could get over there, I heard they were making pretty good coin. That's why I oh. wanted to get over there, but I'm actually thankful it never happened because it uh, led me to Cardiff and getting an NBA before <laughs> the leg locked up. Could have been an Olympian first though. <laughs> so um, yeah, I guess Brock Rudunsky was a six foot six blonde on the South Korean team. And Mike Testa, we left the Philadelphia Flyers to go to Seoul and uh, was uh, the great white Asian there for the Olympics giant uh giant blonde like could be a model and uh you know leading the charge i think he might even held a flag in the opening ceremony unbelievable <laughs> would those guys learn the language he had to he had to sing the national anthem or something like that to get his passport because he was the fastest any non-asian person has ever got a korean citizenship in his life like in the history of the country and he had to learn the language that quick so he's yeah. got to be pretty bright 
yeah, he's a smart kid, comes from a good family. I find that uh, really good hockey players, quite a few of them are are also intelligent, you know? Some of them. Some. You get you get the a pretty good variety. Yeah, you get the ones that are just the genetics, right? They're just purebreds. Yeah, exactly. And the ones that you don't expect to be pretty bright are usually the ones that kind of surprise you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Um, so the other way we know each other is, I guess, a lot of your uh, your what, what are they called? Your clients? Yeah, former, current, the whole, you know, whatever. So I got, uh, well, Matt Carruth, who's getting Twix thrown at him in Cardiff now, <laughs> right? He's with you. Oh, yeah. Quirky, who's retired now, so you're not making any money off his ass anymore, are you? Had, had my day, though. Yeah, he is a good player, eh? I think he might actually start working with us. A little he, bit. He uh, he brought he actually that was one of my random questions was is uh, are you going to recruit any scouts for your uh, company and is Quirky on on, on Quirky's the list? on the radar? Let's is put he? it that way? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, waiting for uh, waiting for it to go through it to uh, go up the line a little bit though. I got you. So how big of a company are we talking here? Um, it's just three of us. Oh, well, four of us if you count our Russian guy. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, we have a couple of like guys that just scout and whatnot too. Right. Cause you got to keep the tap going, right? Cause guys are retired every year. So you got to keep recruiting yeah. every year. Can't be everywhere at once, unfortunately, but we do a pretty good job at covering most. I'd That's say. what actually, so when I put out there that you were coming on, one guy wrote that um, he's also from Utah. Okay. <laughs> and he said that, even his um, roommate, who was a Division Three hockey player, you helped the guy get to France or somewhere, and he was like, you were everywhere. A f- like it, a, f- year, a few years ago, you were everywhere getting everybody jobs. It's uh, When I was on my own, I was a jack of all trades, far from a master of, of anything, though. So how did you get into it? How did you start doing this on your own? I was a shitty hockey player. And you wanted and, to be part of the game? Well, I was. I played a little bit, and I mean, just got to the point where you know, I was playing in France, making a hundred dollars a week, and then it was. I mean, I came back and played in the low level league over here, playing a couple hundred, making a couple hundred bucks a week, and fighting, and not very good at that either. Had no talent, couldn't score, couldn't fight. I'm like, well, I might as well move to this. Sounds like and a I prospect. Got, <laughs> I mean, I, the, the, the best thing I had going for me is I was self-aware and realized, like, I'm not going to chase the dream here. I'm not very good. Yeah. And I uh, wanted to be a hockey player, so this was the next best thing and uh, probably a good move. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just, um, yeah, I'm just curious. So one day you're like, okay, I'm doing this? Or actually, you well, know what? We'll get into this through your adventure because uh, one of my questions when you're in school is what course did you take? I did. It was like, so I hate school and I wanted to do the easiest thing I could do to get a bachelor's degree and get out. And it was an integrated studies degree that they kind of call the sports management degree. And part of it was I do a thesis. So I started doing this as my thesis because I'm like, well, I'm not going to do work for free. Like I might as well get paid for it. So I was had, you know, sitting in my, my college apartment and trying to, to get guys deals in like the Dutch second league and anyone that would let me send their name out. I was all over it. I was making like $200 a player, but I was pumped about it. And then uh, 
ended up selling that company to someone on eBay and you're, use that you're, money. Your your agency? <laughs> exactly. I think it made a you know made a, a big four figure income, and uh, I ended up using that money to help finance my hundred dollar a week hockey career. Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I was always curious how like you got into it because you got to start making the phone calls and the contacts somewhere, right? It's the hardest part is getting a network, right? Um, and doing it full time because if you do it part time, it's never going to work out. Yeah. Okay. Be a part-timer, yeah, you, you, you're right. Whatever. Like you got to be all in because if you're just a part timer, you're, yeah, you're not invested it's... enough to admit to, you got to know when coaches are being let go when players are being let go when guys are getting injured you yeah. got to be on it all the time eh unless you want to do it like part-time and just make a few bucks here and there and tell people you're an agent i mean we talk about it in our company that like everyone wants to be an agent until they actually have to be one and they're like this isn't as fun as it looks on on jerry mcguire right i mean it's uh it's a lot more work than, than it looks and it's a lot less glamorous especially when you're schlepping through eastern slovak you had to go see a guy yeah. I, yeah. I, I would curious about some of your trips. Um, so why don't we dive into that right now? Yeah. Um, you said you were heading to Germany November 1st. So you yeah. go there for like a full month, you get to head overseas and just, you're going to see, um, your, your clients. Right. Um, yeah. but what you get to do is travel Europe and see your buddies. Essentially it's, so I, you it's basically like podcasting like, in your shed, <laughs> basically my morning consists of shooting the shit with guys and seeing what's going on and whether it's coaches or players and, you know, some guys you talk to more than, more than others. I mean, like Pete Russell, I talk to almost every day because he every will talk day? to anyone. Is he one of your clients? Yeah. Yeah. Got How many coaches do you have? I only personally deal with a handful. We have, you know, a uh, select few. I mean, basically if we can't, I don't like to commit to coaches unless I know we can get them a job. Like they're, you know, sought after not sought after, but have like, are kind of like really believe in them because you're it's a waste of time otherwise. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, but like a guy like Pete, like he's, uh, uh, he, he's talking all the time. And uh, some days you say some things you're like, hell's he talking about? And afterwards you're like, kind of makes sense a little bit. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> um, where he's in Germany now. Ravensburg, the Tower Stars. Yeah, I left does he Freiburg. have a bat? Does does he have a budget there? Because they used to have a budget when I played in that league. Uh, pretty good one. Yeah, you can so you Fre can excel with budgets in that league. He, he was in Freiburg, and they were uh, perennial cellar dwellers. Yes, they are, and uh, they finished in third with him. Second, right, third. Yeah, and I mean, they went to like the semifinals, right? Because uh, didn't Evan Mosey go to that team? Mosey was there, but the year before they were a powerhouse. I think they would have had a chance to win it. And then oh, Corona and then it got hit. shut down. Uh, coach of the year, old old Pete. Wow. And uh, uh, actually Mac, our boy Mac had a few run-ins with him. Uh, may or may not have tried to fight his goalie in the parking lot once. Uh, um, Mac tried to fight the other team's goalie? Yeah, and Pete had to, had to tell him to settle down a little bit. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, that's Mac. Yeah, no, that's being a competitor. This guy oh, was probably was. being a punk. <laughs> well, he was. Yeah. And so. Mac would have killed him. To be yeah, fair. for sure. 
To be fair, sure. he would have murdered him. Oh, yeah, for so. sure he would. I've seen but, the pictures yeah. of him topless. Put it on his poster. <laughs> Shredded for a goalie. Um, yeah. Huge, too. Is he? Yeah. Um, big bit boy. of a man rocket, too. I saw some of those photos, yeah. A little bit. He's going to be bit. a star in Cardiff. Now, with all the Twix coming, too, good looking. Good gosh. Look well, out, Cardiff. Todd, better watch out. I got a text the other day. said, get me a five-year deal here. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah no it's a pretty nice place to live <laughs> that's for sure they get pumped up enough out here but so how many leagues do you actually deal with like how many countries are you dealing with so when i was on my own i dealt with everything dl uh finland sweden the whole nine yards i mean certain countries you have to be licensed in like we have DL and DL2 licenses, which is, I don't know why you need a separate license for each. What league. do you do to get a license? You just pay? Essentially. Yeah, yeah, like no what do you do? Take a test? Like, hey, I don't <laughs> want to watch a... hockey? <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Um, certain leagues like France, they have a license, but I think there's like three people licensed total. And you have <laughs> to, like, a monopoly a... over there, eh? <laughs> yeah. Sweden's a little crazier. Like our partner, Pat Curcio, um, he coached and he played in the DL for a while. Uh, coached in Bolzano, Lugano, Milan. Um, he uh, He's our Swedish licensed guy now. He drew the short straw and he had to go take a test in Swedish with a Swedish translator. And I mean, as a non-Swedish speaking person, it's quite impossible. I don't know how it passed, but he did. And now he's a Swedish licensed agent. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, hoops to jump through in certain countries and KHL, that's why we have a guy in Russia because you have to be based in Russia to do it. So, um, or he's in Riga actually. So, and you um, only have four of you working for the, yeah, wow. it's a lot, it's a lot of work, but I mean, we, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I cover specifically myself, my markets are the UK, France, Germany, Denmark, Norway, or Germany. Like I do some DL, DL2. Um, so you're right in my honey holes. Yep. I, That's I mean, why your name keeps popping up. <laughs> well, and you know what? Like those guys are usually like the, like the, my favorite guys to deal with. Like those mid mid tier guys who never really made enough money to shut her down. Well, and shop like, brown ale. You're right. We are the best. <laughs> well, I mean, cause they like, they're appreciative. Right. And there's not like a lot of drama or not like um, super arrogant. Like they're, uh, they're, they just love the game. Right. I totally know what you're getting at. Yep. Yeah. And yep. then, but they're also not low enough level where it's like doing all this work and making $150 on them. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I, Todd Kelman, the, the GM there in yeah. Cardiff, yeah. he said on his pod, he put it very well is that level you're talking about are the guys that wish we, we were a little bit better or a little bit yeah. worse because we don't exactly. make enough money to, we got to start working as soon as we're done hockey. And, yeah. um, we love talkie and we were too good to stop, yep, but exactly. you, you, you know, you're kind of at a dead end at the end. Well, and you see the same thing, like with everyone in our company here, right? Like if we were good enough to be hockey players and make a lot of money, like as players probably wouldn't be doing this. And, you know, I mean, yeah. or had a ton of money bank from being real good hockey players. I mean, I was a shitty hockey player and that's why I'm doing this now. <laughs> and my career will probably last a lot longer than if I would have, wouldn't have. Yeah. No, um, I, yeah, it makes sense. Um, you gotta, 
yeah the guys that made a ton they're like and they're, they're set you know they yeah they don't have as much some concerns as as i'd say the the fellows that come on my podcast and you know sometimes there's after hours where we talk about you know real life now and what it's yeah. actually like for them getting out of the game and it's not always fun for our crew it's, you see that more often than not unfortunately and i stay in touch with a lot of the guys afterwards and like quirky's one of the rare few that he had it figured out i think when he was playing bramerhaven he was following the guy into the or and whatnot seriously and like, like the guy he knew what he was doing a eh? very calculated for quirky brilliant like he Corey, uh, he's going to have a statue outside of that rink in Bramerhaven one day. I mean, I think he's. they like him that much there? Well, he could have kept playing there. They would have resigned him if he wanted to. I mean, I. he's one of the best people ever, but he's also like, I don't think I've ever heard a team say a negative thing about him. Whether he's playing great or not. I know. I know. know, He does everything right. He works hard every practice. He foam rolls. He like, he's quiet. (laughs) Like he he eats right. uh, Doesn't drink too much. Like, I know, I know they re-signed him in Denmark. They didn't re-sign me and soon do you ski. I remember that Stocky was there, right? Yeah. He was still alive. Sorry. He was a good guy. He He was was a very good guy. Yeah. And uh, I remember first year you guys won and the next year i think was that the year Corey signed in land suit never went something happened i where i went to cardiff and then we kind of went our separate ways and i am not sure but yeah you're right didn't he sign land suit with like pj so, fenton or something he signed land suit for like crazy money like money that like like dl money and then they in land suit, they might, yeah, I was going to say, they could have promised it. They just probably wouldn't have paid it. <laughs> but Corey's the only guy I've ever met that they went bankrupt before he got there, and he got paid still because the contract was countersigned and approved by the government. Oh, dear. So he got the money in the bankruptcy court, and then went right back to Sonny Yuski. So well, that's I mean, living. That's like hitting the lottery, man. It's like yeah. a buyout. Right, but you don't even actually have to get cut. <laughs> It's not even on your resume. Right. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I I always thought the buyouts are interesting because you get the money, but like people know you got cut. Yeah. You got to deal with that. And you're a flop somewhere. I mean, I had a guy actually played, maybe played in Dundee when you were in Cardiff, Uh, Lou Dickinson. Mm -hmm. So um, Lou was one of the fastest hockey players I've ever seen. So he, like second year I had him, I had him for a long time. He went, uh, he got cut in both fours in the Swedish second league and he actually met his wife there. So she was like from the town and like, because he got cut there, he can never get another job in the Swedish second or even the third league because they call him the both fours flop, like in the newspaper. <laughs> and, I mean, it's like, and he could have easily played the league. It was just not the right fit, you know? Yeah. And they, they, yeah, he just doesn't play well for one team so that nobody else will take him. I mean, exceptional player, and it's just, I mean. Uh, so is that where he lives? He lives in Sweden? No, he's in Ottawa now, but, I mean, he uh, met a Swedish Swedish girl, and they got married, and uh, um, yeah, he wanted to always play in her hometown or shoot at yeah. Orbrew and or close to it, right? And uh, they wouldn't do it just because of, of, you know, he failed that one time. Crazy. So I just realized you – know, I didn't even even look at my notes, so whatever. We'll look at those later. <laughs> but um, you're going to Germany. Where are you going? Um, we'll go like 
spent some time like Bavaria area. Um, do you go also, with your? Is it you? Are you married? Uh, no. Oh, I'm married, but my wife doesn't go with me. Okay, you just she, you just you go. You said we. I, I well, wasn't. Sure. My partners will we kind of like a couple days when we're over there. We'll meet up and kind of you know tag team a certain like certain guys. I got when I have like some overlap. Like Beatingheim last year, I had I deal with the second league, right? So when they moved up, I had all the guys on the team or a lot of them that stayed with the team as they moved up, like the you know coach and a few players. And then so when they moved up, my partner Gary Saigo, who's quite uh, the legend in the British market from way back when, um, he uh, uh, he handles like the DL, right? So he. So we have some overlap there. He deals with the, with the guys, the new guys there. I deal with the old guys there. Okay, so it's um, not one guy for Germany. You got him one doing DL and one doing DL too. Yeah, just because it's a whole different, you know, set of people, right? Like yeah. some of those DL guys, as you know, have been there for with one team or another for 20 years. So those relationships, you know. Uh, it was very interesting for me having an agent when I was in Beatingheim because, uh, yeah, I – I did not like the guy I originally had going over there. And then I got rid of him, not really knowing who I was going to go with, but I knew if that just wasn't the guy. So I ended up taking a guy that a couple teammates had and I was with him, but I literally went back to Beatingheim for four years and um, he didn't have to do anything. He like, I would just go in and they'd be like, Hey, you want to do the same thing? And I'd be like, yep, sign me up. And then I'd walk out and then he'd get paid for that. Yeah. it's and you know what some guys like it, it some guys are just happy places and i mean like some guys will stay places eight nine years and eventually like don't need help anymore um like i have a guy actually played nadium in that elite series at nick denine who i had in Biden, you, in Sunderuski. yeah yeah i think he might have been your replacement if i remember correctly that doesn't hurt Completely different player, right? Yeah, like, probably bigger, stronger, faster, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, two-way center, like not a ton of offense. Have you even seen um, me play? Oh, yeah. Okay. So. I don't know. It's. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've met you. Video. Yeah, maybe not personally. I don't think we've met each other. I'm, I was in Sandy Yuski, Corey's first year there. Really? Well, I don't think I yeah. met you while you were there, though, but. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's it's uh, um, he like he played Little Hammer prior to that, and his wife's dad's like the chairman on the team or something. So like he's finally just went back there and said, yeah, I don't need help anymore. This so, is that Deneen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like really good guy, and uh, but I mean once you're going somewhere, you know it's basically like you got a lifetime contract. Like you don't need help. Yeah. No. Watching sure. team or the. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, right? No, but there are a lot of guys that need help because um, there's only so many people in the world that have the contacts over there and know the people over there. And, uh, you know, I'm one of them, you know, podcasts, you know, I'm pretty much an agent now too. Or I told a lot of these guys, like, it's not, they don't need help until they need it, right? Like, I mean, until something goes wrong, like, then you got to move quick. And, you know, if you make the wrong move, usually like, the hardest times I think are the first move over and move into the wrong spot yep. or when something goes south and you have to pivot really quick and like you have 150 different teams calling you. 
That's a lot. Yeah. I had not that many ever called me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you'll get like I got a. Uh, I saw one guy went across a waiver wire today, and a fourth league team in Germany called. And I mean, the guy, like, the guy had like 100 points in the East Coast at one point. Like, will he come here? I'm like, no, nah, probably not. Yeah. So, I mean, um, so uh, yeah, I guess when teams call, I always wondered, like, do you just give them a list, or you're like, well, what type of player are you looking for? And then you're like, well, I have, say, it's the start of the summer, and it sounds like you got quite a few players team calls and says hey i need four new tall good looking fellas and you're like well i got 20 take your pick or what do you do um so initially like the first list of the year like i might send just a bulk list out so they know you have but at the, but after that you follow up a phone call and say like hey look like what are your specific needs and i'll recommend someone um and the best part of the job is not like playing favorites with someone that's matching the opportunity of the player um, because you want everyone to have success. Like, let's be real here. Like if a guy, you put a guy's on and they get fired twice will work for you for the same money. Well, and the like, other thing that I always think of is teams, especially in Germany, once they find an agent, they trust and they believe in, like they won't even go to other agents. They just go yeah. back to that guy and say, okay, Give exactly. me a first line left winger. And you're like, okay, yeah. I got that. And it's not necessarily about delivering the best player to them, but like delivering on your promises to them and just being like real with them and not like selling them a bill of goods or just bullshitting them about what they want to hear. It goes both ways in that regard, right? Like, well, I the, think it's uh, the same as for the agents too, right? I've been hearing a lot about these agents that tell guys, they're like, yeah, just – Give me fifteen hundred up front, and I'll find you something over there, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's never not pay real. A guy up front. No, <laughs> nope. It's uh, any fees before, like that exchange or exchange, like you should discuss that beforehand, and it should not be until you sign a contract. In my opinion, I mean, some guys do it differently, but that's that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, a lot of these guys are in it for the quick buck. The Facebook agents, like you see, forty new ones every year that are, you know adding every pro hockey player on elite prospects to their friends list and telling them how many jobs they'll get them. And, and to be fair, I've lost over the years, a good chunk of guys just because like, you don't tell them what they want to hear. Right. Like you tell but, them the truth. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, or like, and maybe I'm not always right, but like, it's my opinion. Right. And it's yeah. Maybe they sometimes they think they can shoot higher and you're being more realistic, but maybe yes. you're wrong. Maybe they could go higher, but you're trying to be real with them. Right. And that's, I'd rather under promise and over deliver than tell them, Oh, you're going to play the DL and end up in the overliga. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I'll, you have to see what their ambitions are too. When you first speak to them. Like if a guy is like, oh yeah, I want to play hockey for a year or two and then go get a real job, then why well, are you going to put them in the Slovak league where they're going to grind it out and, you know, do two a days and whatnot. It's not worth it. But if they want to have play for a year or two, send them to the UK or like, well, they have a really good experience playing a good league and enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Um, if it's just kind of, like I said, matching the player to the opportunity and no one, you have to know their personality. And that's why a lot of these guys over here that just farm guys out to their European partners don't really I find that a lot of those guys are guys that we end up picking up eventually because they don't really get to know the guy they uh they are just a name on a list essentially yeah 
and you have yeah. to know what their needs are. So, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, so then, speaking of matching the player to the opportunity or place, uh, Mac, yeah. Vice Foster, yeah. Vice Foster, the Lausitzer Fuchse. So, money, um, money talks. I'll just mm, say that. Yeah, you're right. Does talk. Money, money talks. And yeah. figured that. The, they were very confident that his passport would happen. And uh, Corey Nielsen was a coach. Corey's my guy, too. Um, Corey and Mac were very similar personalities, too. Very similar, like, to the point where he would, like, send me messages. <laughs> Whenever Mac would get pissed off one day and say, your goalie, uh, just your goalie, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, oh, what happened today? And I have to call him. And, oh, Mac, two-handed, a young German kid for shooting high on him or or not finishing a drill and getting his rebound. And, <laughs> like, like, have to call him and say, what happened today, Mac? But That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Ron Hextall reincarnated is what this guy is. Is that right, eh? Uh, and I love it. Goalie, the British League is phenomenal for him. He's a personality, and he's – Tells it how it is. I I actually I loved getting to know him on the pod. Um, he seemed like a guy that, yeah, he's got some swagger, he's got some personality, and he hates losing. And I think he'll he'll fit right in in Cardiff. Yeah, and he's, I, I think he will be if he wants to if it works out and he wants to stay there for a while. Like he'll be a legend there for a while. I think because yeah. he's fiery. He's not. I, I told him, I said, over, under, on, on how often you, you fight this year. He said, yeah, one or two, for sure. Yeah, he'll chuck him, yeah. And then he's going to get a lot of Twix chucked at him, too, if he keeps that <laughs> up. Eh? You imagine he starts beating guys up, and then Twix just start flying out of the crowd. It's going to be great. Yeah. It, uh, it Last year, he blockered a young German kid, like a 20-year-old German. So, I mean, imagine what happens when someone actually like gets close to him and might do something, like he might kill him. Right. So. And there's guys in that league that can fight, I think, still, right? Yeah. And he'll hold his own. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. He's got the size. Okay. Um, all over the place here. Haven't looked at my notes yet today. Um, I'm just going to ask random questions then. Because it's not like we're going through the hockey career. I guess we, yeah. actually we should. Um, you grew up in San Diego. How do you get into hockey in the first place if you're from San Diego? I was a shitty baseball player. Mm. Uh, I I grew up playing in San Diego. There's there was hockey there where the goals started. The old West Coast Hockey League. It's uh, it was it was an adventure. Like basically, four tough guys per team. Um, they were paying significant amounts of money under the table. It was a pretty decent experience. I mean, for that level of hockey. But no, I mean I. I grew up playing with guys that played a lot of baseball. Um, I think my high school senior class had like five guys drafted in the first round. One of them was a uh, Cy Young winner, really? uh, Cole Hamels. Like played t-ball with him, and I'm looking here. I'm like, you yeah, played t-ball with him. T-ball, man. I was terrible at it. Couldn't hit the ball off the tee. So I had to find a new sport. Somehow hockey worked out. <laughs> yeah, your player review of yourself didn't sound too good either. I said I'm 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 pretty uh, self aware. <laughs> I'm self aware con- too. I know exactly where I stand too. <laughs> yeah, I was I was a really good far corner soft dump guy. 
mm-hmm. if you can get contracts based on that and like the fourth league in Germany, I would be a legend. Yeah. But yeah. Nice little quiet area. Throw it in there. Yeah. Change, change chip it up. Good change. And, yeah. Chip and chase is my yeah. game. That's about it. Yeah. Hit the goalie on the pads in between whistles. Look like a good teammate. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Uh, I remember I got in college, I got my second shift playing actually the Western Michigan club team and uh, ran the goalie. Yeah. Got to get um, a score sheet. Yeah. You got to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, some of your stats don't look that bad. And like you're, one of your pictures on elite prospects like you weren't that bad i, I think you're you're selling yourself short so Pretty what well is level. weber state university wildcats what is that's so what that's club hockey yeah club hockey like they put I, that uh, on elite prospects nowadays allegedly it's uh maybe when you're um, a big time agent now eh well i was gonna play d3 like play junior b a little bit of like junior a back then um but I was going to play D3. It was just pretty expensive. And team wasn't the only teams that were recruiting were pretty low level teams at the time, like at that level. Like and are they recruiting you out of San Diego? Yeah. Well, I mean, back then I was sending a lot of VHS tapes and whatnot of, you know, of. So you yeah. knew how to sell hockey players right at the start. You were doing it for yourself, eh? If I get myself a job, I can get anyone a job. Yeah, and like, look what you could do for Quirky if you could do that for yourself, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's I, I ended up at Weber State. It was a pretty good experience. Uh, Where's like that? 40, Forty-five minutes north of Salt Lake. Um, it's they. The cool thing about all the schools here in Utah is because of the Olympics in two thousand two, they built uh, a rink on campus for every university, and so we had the curling venue from the Olympics on our campus. And we had ice every day, um, 1,500, 2,000 people at games sometimes. I mean, so it was, it was like, the, I think, the second highest attendance sport on campus, and it wasn't even a real sport. And that's a nice like, area out there, eh? Yeah, it's nice. And my wife's from here. I had met her at school, and so uh, that's why I'm a lifer here. I think you're getting handsy down there. Are you hitting a table or something? Probably. Yeah, back off. Um, so where do you live now? Salt Lake. You are in Salt Lake. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else do I, so um, what are the Tupelo T-Rex? What, you gotta be the first on the podcast that played for the Tupelo T-Rex. Mississippi. And that's like it's what? Old, uh, uh, comparable to like North American Hockey League. Okay. So, I mean, I told him I was a tough guy, right? I was willing to fight wasn't very good at it yeah lasted five games got out as long as you're willing to do it right show up and that's about Sh- it just show up okay um so then you get to weber state and that's how you end up living in salt lake now eh yep gotcha wife from there um so then um my next question you already know you want to be an agent then at that time it was an option for sure that's right when you wrote your thesis thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I... Uh, you started your had, agency in the, while you are there. Yeah, and then I had a few, like, interviews with, like, big agencies for, like, to, like, be interns and whatnot, um, like, for NHL agents and whatnot. But I, uh, um, I mean, I'm not really a kind of guy to, you know, work in the mailroom type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I kind of wanted to like play hockey, just say I did it overseas and, you know, decided to go uh, to Paris there for the year. So that is Paris because the, the team it said was called every, and that's yep. France fourth league. It was bad. It was like a men's league essentially. But that's in Paris. You're living in yeah. Paris. Yeah, in Paris. And for a guy with a limited skill set, it was a pretty cool experience. Um, it, I came home at Christmas. My grandfather was sick, so I wanted to be closer to home and played in a different league. But, I mean, it was a – I mean, how often do, does a kid with, you know, my abilities get a chance to live in, in France, I guess, right? Yeah, and you did that? You did that by sending, what, VHSs? Um. I sent out, I remember I stayed home from school one day and sent out like 150 emails to like, you know, I, I had a little bit of knowledge of the marketplace because of my previous foray in the agent business. And so I was able to kind of, you know, pinpoint specific leagues I could probably play in. And uh, I sent out a couple hundred, a hundred, couple, 200 emails to um, various teams, just trying to find someone that would give me a shot. And uh I had their, like, a Swedish fourth league team. And I'm like, eh, Paris, or like, a village in Sweden. It's kind of an easy decision. Well, that's really cool that uh, that's how this all started. Hazy Sunset, yeah. Bayfield Brewing Company. <laughs> uh, no, but how that – that's definitely how this all starts, though, is then you get over yeah. to Europe and you, you see Europe and you love it and, uh, yeah. and you see that there's, I guess, an opportunity. But so you were there for – half a season and you lived in Paris and you weren't making much money. So did you have to work as well? I was a bouncer at a bar. So you are and, a fighter, eh? You, jeepers. Uh, you, well, I think I'm, I could beat you up. What are you fighting so much for? I'm six, 180 pounds. So I'm mean, okay. You can you beat the, me up. Never mind. Well, so it shows you the, the, the caliber of people I was bouncing. Right. I, mean, I was a tall, I was the biggest guy there. And so they just gave, I think it was the only cash job they had available. Yeah. 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 Cash so. job. Yeah. You got to get the cash. I mean, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was fun experience. Like the rugby world cup was going on when I was there and that was, I'd never seen rugby before. And it was, and so cool they paid see. you to play basically men's league. Essentially it was the fourth league. Like everyone had a job. There's guys with cages on my doors. The, the German fourth league is like the NHL compared to it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So then after that season, yeah. So, okay. Actually, no, before we move on French food, you're living in Paris. What'd you think? Yeah. I, <laughs> I remember I took a three hour trip one day to find a subway sandwich place. Yeah. Just because you want something like feels like because I was, I was a 24 year old dumb American who like, I, I just didn't appreciate where I was. Right. Like I, you, I, uh, you don't at that age. All do all your players probably don't appreciate it nearly enough either. Most of them don't. It's they don't they realize where they're at. No clue. Nope. And then they they look back a little later on and they like say, yeah, I kind of like that that time spent in Prague or whatnot, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't quite register that they're <laughs> they could be in Wichita or Prague right now. Like, come on. <laughs> Like, yeah, and like in Prague, you can take left down one road and you can see things you've never seen in your life. <laughs> and then you can go turn right down a different road and see things that are totally different than that. Exactly. Too. Yep. And, <laughs> there's uh, even museums about shit that you're like, whoa, there's museums for this. 
Oh, and I've, and I've, yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're yeah. right. I, I wish I appreciated it more. And I, I wish I, I know it's tough though, because with, I know the hockey players that go over there, that go over there to be tourists, they don't last yeah. long, right? No, no. Nope. The, the guys that go over there to be hockey players and make a career of it and try and work their way up, they last. But that also means you can't be just touring around all the time. So like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little bit in between because I didn't do that much touring around unless it was time to do it but i also wish like just the day trips right like practice is over just go do something yeah i like to say i've been everywhere and seen nothing i go from airport rink hotel repeat you do that as an agent really yeah i don't do anything you don't enjoy it you got i was by myself i especially like i was on such a tight budget you know because it was you know a one-man band so i'm like I would go for 15 days and I would see 15 games. So I like, I drive from the tip of Bramerhaven all the way down to Augsburg for one game. Really? Yeah. We passed the bus on the, I remember that's, one time when I that's saw bad it, logistical planning, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you live and learn. And when I first started going over, I'd miss trains, like, or I'd go the wrong direction on trains or I wouldn't understand what they're saying. I'd miss stops. It was, it was a shit show. That's awesome that you've gotten to this point and that's how you started it just by like on your own dime. Right. And, uh, the GM and Braverov and used to like laugh at how young I was when I came over. Like he had no idea how young I was at the time. I was like late twenties and he's like, like, you know what? Today, when the research team was hot, I nearly shot myself when I saw your age because I started doing the math and I was like, so he was the go-to guy in Asia when I was looking in 2013, 14. I'm like, so how does that happen if he's younger than me? Dumb luck. Or you just gave her. You got after yeah. it. You went and did it. My, my wife used to just give me tons of shit because I would, like, I remember, like, Sunday nights, like, the GM of, uh, of High One in Korea would call. And I'd like really talk loud and enunciate because he's an Asian guy, right? Mm-hmm. And figured he couldn't understand what I was saying. So she still makes fun of me about that. Yeah, the guy's <laughs> name was Ben. She's like, hi, Ben. <laughs> so. Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, it's wild, wild story. So you did go from every in Paris um, yep. and French food, which is I don't know. I guess we never really talked about it. You went to Subway, but it's, I, I didn't think it was that great. It's not memorable. Nope. But anyways, moving on. Year two, you go to Germany and to Lippe Hockey Ham, Germany fourth league. So I never showed up there. They, oh, I signed. You're not one of those guys. Well, no, I went home and I went to clean out my place in Utah. And like I sent a random text to this girl I knew from school and started dating her and she had a real job. And I'm like, well, she's making real money. I'm making a hundred dollars a week. Really? Like, is she, am I going to blow this? She's, you know, punching above my weight here. So I, uh, I, I bamboozled her into staying with me and I just quit hockey. Mm. So I was actually supposed to go play in Australia that summer. 
Okay. Never, so have you, do you get guys over to Australia too? I did you know, once in a while, but I mean, it's a pretty cool experience. Like I, that's my one regret with hockey is that I didn't go play in Australia, but you know, the payoff was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I and understand. It's uh, uh, that would be, I think it's kind of blown up a little bit too. Like the games run Fox sports now they're flying to every game. Um, I don't think they get paid anything or much at all, but like, it's a pretty cool time. Yeah, no, I know a couple guys that went over there and yeah, once, you know, you're get even it, it, it's different time in lives for everybody when they would decide to do that, but yeah. it's like an opportunity. I don't think I'll ever get to Australia cause I never took nope. the opportunity. Right. But they would have loved to have me over there. <laughs> yep, exactly. And the league's gotten progressively better. And I mean, the Australian guys, I mean, I think, Originally, when I first started looking at it, it was like junior B guys were going directly there and uh, like not good junior B players. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, mid-range East Coast guys and whatnot. So, Okay, well, my research team figured that you went to France and had great relationships with everybody and you started seeing the hockey world. And then you got to Germany and you probably played great and you were like some legend and that's how you nope. started knowing people in Germany. but the, the hockey no thing really no you just you just went out and did it on your own as an agent eh? yeah i uh i so when i first when i started dating my wife like part of my selling to like get her to like you know buy, buy in. in yeah, yeah like was, the, like uh, me trying to get her to my wife to buy into the podcast yeah so this is <laughs> this is a connection to you so i started working at seagate technology with kevin labatt Bubbles. Oh my gosh. I had that yeah. written down too. You know, yeah. bubbles. Yeah. When we worked, I got hired like a week before him. With and who? He had just, so where's he work? It was Seagate technology, like data backup sales. And I, I had no idea what data backup was, but like some headhunter called me and like said, you want a job for like 40 grand? I'm like, sure. I mean, and, you know, yeah, I was pumped. I'm 400 bucks, 400 bucks a month prior to that. Like this was a huge pay raise. Yeah. And, uh, I think he's, then they, that was right when the recession hit. And so there's, they're like, well, we're gonna have to lay off people. So you can either like double your quota or get laid off. And I'm like, well, I'm getting laid off for sure. Cause I can't sell this to save my life. And he like actually ended up staying. And uh, I think he did pretty well afterwards, but I, uh, I use that like the last like two months notice to just start recruiting guys and start building a network. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Um, yeah. Bubbles, but Kevin's a great dude. I, I was with the, around him for, yeah, I guess six years of my life. We lived beside each other. I still uh, see him probably once a week when I skate in the morning. He's skating. Yeah. I wouldn't have took him for his... a skater at this age. I felt like he'd be snowboarding and, Stuff. I think he does both, but like he, I think he still got all his Western stuff too. He wears. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bubbles. Uh, <laughs> he's a beauty. Yeah, yeah. Tell him I say hi. I miss him. He's gonna have to come on the pod. Yeah, I've had a few road trips with him in senior hockey, and uh, <laughs> so he was on that stories. team too, the Pioneers or whatever. Oh man, he's. Yeah, I got a few stories for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's great. Oh, I got a couple stories too. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Park city pioneers. So we're still in your hockey career. So you don't go to Germany. Um, 
and you play senior basically, right? And that's with Kevin. So you're the captain. Reg Dunlop, essentially. We had a bench coach, but I recruited the team. I did everything. Yeah. Um, You're a giver, eh? One of the owners. And so I got to the point where I'm like, well, we sell more tickets to a fight. So I just started fighting everyone every night. And I would not really give them a choice. I just jumped these poor guys. And senior? Yeah, why not? I mean, selling tickets is going in my pocket. And so. Oh, people actually would pay to come watch you guys? And they'd sell out some nights. How what's how many is that? Five hundred people. And, and, and you're beating was, people up over that? Ten bucks a ticket, man. <laughs> is is Kevin fighting anybody? <laughs> Definitely not. I think his last game was in Sun Valley, Idaho. They flew in Christian Hansen and like four guys from Minnesota Duluth. The team in Sun Valley was owned by the Farrelly brothers from Dumb and Dumber. And he would dress himself as a backup goalie and just fly in these ringers. Like Christian Hansen played for the Toronto Maple Leafs the year before. Right. And they'd fly him in and like give him a little bit of cash and a ski vacation for the weekend. <laughs> and Why didn't I mean, any of this shit happen for me? I should have tried to play a couple games of show so I could have got some of these deals, eh? Oh man, I told him I said, if you come anywhere near me, I'm gonna two hand you. I I don't like hockey enough to play to get hit by this guy. I and, yeah, I could just picture you out there just giving her and oh, starting fights, and I would have if you would have came near me, I would have <laughs> sticked you in the face so hard. And, well, oh you should God. Have. Well, that's how I got Mac actually. So his dad runs a team in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yep, we and count, his yeah. dad like you. You should see this production, man. Like it is the real deal. They're getting they're drawing, Oh man, they're getting like fifteen hundred people a game. Like full live band in the corner. How far away like, is that from you? Five hours. You go and five they, hours for a hockey game. They'd fly you up, give you a little bit of beer money. They after the game, you'd have a couple thirty packs and you know five pizzas in the locker room. Uh, free hotels, free ski passes. I mean, pretty good production. And uh, those guys are treated like NHL players. That sounds I, awesome. I talked to his dad today. I think they've got six East Coast League players on their team this year. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it's, and people line up because, I mean, the ski resorts are there. And what are they going to do? Yeah, no, that I mean, sounds, like else a, to do at night. sounds like a great time. And usually the Friday night goes okay. Then Saturday night. At, or Friday night after the game, it's a little out of control. And Saturday night, they're not as we, good. No, about four notches lower. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So. I wouldn't be able to contain myself either. <laughs> yeah, so. I get it. Um, wow. Okay, I'm trying to figure out where we are on my notes, and I don't. Oh, so why don't we get into your actual coaching then? So no, you won it. We got to talk about that. You won it in that league. You won the thing, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, good party afterwards, and that was about all I was shooting for. Because the winner of the league got money for the par- after party. So uh, there was – How many teams was, are in this league? I don't know, six or seven. I mean, I think we won the, the – we won the – So are you, I, are, you a, are you a centerman? No, wing, because I'm too lazy to play center. Too much work. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. I, 
It's maybe when I was younger, I'd play center, but you don't sound now, lazy to me. That's why I thought you were, uh, but well, and I changed wing to think on what period it was I whatever was closer to the bench. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys won it though. So good party. Oh, great one. And Kevin Labatt's on that team. Yeah. That's awesome. There. Gosh, darn it. It's a small world, isn't it? I think we got like 17 guys called up from that stupid senior team to like pro teams called up to pro teams like what type of pro league are calling guys up from there i was getting kids from australia coming over to play i was getting a couple of kids from bc coming to play get called up i mean it's crazy it's i would it's a you must choice. be on your phone a lot huh yeah my wife is not a fan i can just picture it is it a lot texting or talking both she sometimes she tells me she says i can't stand to hear your voice today yeah like, so she has to listen while you're talking you got to get a shed well, man you got to get a shed uh, i'm just wandering around the house on the phone like she'll she'll just be like shut up man i'm so tired of hearing you today uh, yeah you need I mean, a shed man you can just yeah. do it out that's there. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. get a shed the um, headphones were the worst the, were, were the worst invention though because now i can just pace around the house and multitask and it's not very good that is no 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 a lot of bad looks <laughs> <laughs> i understand um <laughs> okay so you want it uh my questions now are you're into coaching too and i are not your player director of hockey ops for like a triple a program and like some of elite prospects is telling me it's like under 14 under 16 under 18 like how much do you got going on man i have i that's that's a facade for sure it's uh so my one of my best friends is kevin mcclellan the old tough guy with the oilers okay um so he got fired in wichita in east coast league and he was looking for a job and I don't want to coach pro hockey anymore. So I knew a guy who ran a youth program out here and I needed a new coach. So I said, I kind of said, well, I can get you a youth hockey job if you want. He's like, yeah, done. I'm moving out there. So he moved out here and he didn't feel comfortable with the guy running it. And so he like kind of tricked me into being the hockey director. But I mean, it's three teams. So I, you know, I, I, I'm not doing it anymore. Like last year was my last year, but like for, the time being, it was managing three teams essentially, and then Mac got deported when he went to renew his visa one year. So I fell on the sword and became a coach. I am the worst coach you'll ever meet in your life. I hate coaching. What are passion. you talking? You are you. You're not. Stop talking down about yourself so much. No, you should ask. So Corey Nielsen's kid is was on the team. Uh, you his, sent me a photo with you holding a trophy, and it said "Under 16 Champions." <laughs> yeah so Corey nielsen's kid was on the team and he's actually quite good um i think he could probably play d1 somewhere and he uh he that was part of the reason too because i kind of set him up with it and i'm like well you know i can't let this kid just have some random coaching him right like he's already came from england to utah so like we got to kind of see this through and do it right um but no i i i just can't take myself seriously as a coach right like it's, I know, uh, I know that it's hard for me. Cause like, I, you know, yeah. Not like, a good hard ass at all. 
Well, yeah, I'm just, I, I, I think I've grown into it as I've gotten older. I'm, I wouldn't have ever pictured myself being like a head coach, but I, I, I feel like I'm ready to do it now. And like, yeah. after my first practice with these kids, I like, I felt like it went good. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And like, they were listening and I could tell they were excited that I was their coach and they're like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. It's really, Look. yeah. But then again, my kids on the team, right. So like, yeah. it's different when your kid's not on the team. You're going to be, it's rewarding when, when they buy in and they have success, but like the teams out here, like it's hard to be competitive. Like it's, uh, it's how far would you travel for that shit? Every, like when we won that league, it was in Boston. Shut up. Yeah. I, mean, I don't have my geography team. brain on right now, but I'm thinking Salt Lake city. Isn't that close to Boston? Uh, three and a half hour flight. Right. Good for the sky miles, though. Mine or hockey? You got to do that. <laughs> uh, they're paying like 15 grand a year. Unbelievable. And then you got to pay for who pays for the flights? Well, that's is that part of the 15? Is that if 15's getting you the flight? Yeah, pretty much all inclusive for that. I mean, but it's crazy. Like, I mean, $15,000. And then, like, how many years are you going to let your kid play until like the, the house is up for sale? And I mean, yeah. My kid would play. Would be playing soccer or something instead. Yeah, that's the prices. I mean, it sucks. But even like double A hockey here is the travel associated with it. You're paying ten grand to play like with someone's dad coaching the team. So I should stop bitching about what I got going on. At least you guys like have some travel like within you know your general vicinity. Like out here, it's kind of a mess. Like I know in California, it's even more. California, it's $500 $500 an hour for ice it's, or, or more. I mean, and uh, <laughs> it's pretty pricey pretty quick. It's $500 an hour for ice? The coaches are making over 100 grand for you hockey out there. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> and you got, who pays that? Who pays that? The parents? I mean, they're they hustle for yeah they pay for the coaches salaries they do little tons of private lessons and people are paying 150 bucks an hour for private lessons sometimes i just paid uh for my hotel rooms for the three tournaments <laughs> <laughs> and i'm a volunteer uh but i back after the game uh, yeah that's all all i i honestly don't need anything for it i i i love getting to know my son's buddies and uh yeah. And I feel like I'm part of the team and like when they listen and I see them getting better, man, it's like, this is really fun. You know, and the youth hockey market is a hundred times more toxic than any pro hockey market I've ever seen in my life. Like, Oh, it's I, minor hockey nuts, man. I it's nuts. blessing to not be involved with it anymore. It's uh, um, I think you found a nice little honey hole in the leagues you're in and with the people you're dealing with. I, I, yeah. I really support what you're doing. I think it's a great little spot you got there. Yeah, it's it's you, you get like I like I said, you get that that group of guys that are grateful to have a decent job, and you know they get a little bit of a raise if they have some success, and you know, um, but you don't have um, the problems with like KHL guys that are you know finding a reason to complain about certain things, and you know maybe that prima donna attitude sometimes so it's yeah it's like uh 
for one example is like Carl Hudson. When he got to Cardiff, he had no hot water and he didn't want to complain about it because he was thankful for everything <laughs> else he got. So he lived without hot water for a month and all he had to do was like <laughs> let them know and yeah. they'd turn it on. I mean, it's you see a lot of guys like that. Like um they're thankful. So, they're thankful yeah. they got the job. They're thankful for the opportunity and they're happy they're playing hockey and they're still loving life, right? But on the one hand, I had a guy in Frederickstown one year mm-hmm. that had eight different couches because his wife didn't like the couches. And that's that's when teams get fed up with you. I don't know if any of you know what? There's only 14% of you that are females listening to this. But if you are <laughs> listening and if you're one of the wives of the players stop bitching right just go with it because you know what your husband will play better he'll do better he'll make more money and then you can just buy the fucking couch right (laughs) you know how many times i've had the guy have to go outside and call me because he doesn't want to hear me say or he he doesn't want his wife to hear him say like hey look uh you know uh, basically like my wife just being crazy here (laughs) navigating lieutenant but it's yeah yeah over time you find the the clubs that like treat guys right and you know i don't even really deal with sending guys somewhere where you know it's going to be a headache instantly because uh it's just more problems than it's worth a lot of times i yeah i couldn't it it'd be like being like a landlord right like uh with tenants like when shit goes wrong you're getting a call in the middle of the night right Yep. It's, it's, uh, I've had some, I've had a few guys who it would be like New Year's Eve at like 10 o'clock and they'd be like calling, like saying they couldn't handle the pressure as a newspaper interviewed them that day. And it's like, well, you're getting an interview. That's probably a good thing. They said, yeah, but now they're going to expect a lot from me. Well, I mean, you're an import player in Europe. Like, don't you kind of think they expect something from you regardless? That was, I mean, yeah, that's the whole point of this thing. One goalie I had freaking out because they didn't put windmills on his pads in, in Bremerhaven, the logos. Sorry, windmills? Yeah, like the windmill logos, you know, probably you play against them when they had them. Like the Bremerhaven, the wind... what, what, what are they called? Bremerhaven penguins. They're penguins. Yeah. But they had the like a like a wind energy company sponsored them. Oh. And so they had like a like a windmills on the guys go on the goalie pads. And the guy like literally had a meltdown because they were there, there was no pads on his no because they're what they weren't on there. They wanted them on. Like ready to leave the team over it. Like, um <laughs> yeah, no, everybody's different, right? And um I mean I I don't expect that he grew up with windmills on his pads right so I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure why he'd be so upset like i hadn't grown up with um a mcdonald's logo on my jersey saying i'm loving it but ik liebe es and in beating high i did and i i did love it i would go to mcdonald's all the time well and if you get a sponsorship out of it it's superb it's worth it yeah it was like and you know that's like one of the only if you ever feel like getting back home and you're up really the only restaurant that's going to make you feel like you're at home is if you go to mcdonald's right but it's a significant upgrade i find from here way better uh, it's like better oh, compared quality, to the state well you're in the states the states yeah. can't canada's above you though in the mcdonald's world yeah. just to let you know 
McDonald's. It's yeah, like I, I you guys are selling McChickens for like a buck back in the day. Are you still doing that? <laughs> I had to stop at a McDonald's the other way because there was no other options uh, last week, and I think I spent about four dollars and got two burgers and a fry and a and a drink out of it. So. Oh, yeah, it's, your uh, prices are too low. I don't know what, how you guys are doing it, but uh, in Europe, you're right. The McDonald's are high end, aren't they? Yeah, uh, they're, it's an event. It really you is. Like, you could put candles down, and like you could, you uh, the fellas could take gals on dates there. KFC, like when I played in France, there's a KFC in the rink. That was a that was a big find at the time, especially for American resistant to French food. Like, yeah. you know, nice chicken bucket of chicken, you know, hits home. I understand. And it's funny. It's like when not appreciating being over there, it's like the young punks that are over there getting to do what they're doing. Like they probably are just eating KFC McDonald's, just like we were. And like, you got to try the food. Cause when you grow up and you realize like food around the world is actually really good. You're going to wish you were trying it. I've, uh, I've been roped into a few things that I was shocked that I enjoyed. And, uh, um, it's it broadens your horizons in more ways than one. Okay. Here, here's your next question. Yep. Biggest deal ever. Don't even, I don't even care who it is. Just biggest deal. Like for the player. Um, biggest home run was I put well, a guy, I don't, the whatever over- you want to tell me, I don't really care. Overly get the KHL in 12 months. What? Where did where was he before Oberliga? I went from Oberliga to I. He was with someone else. Fired him. I got him. Actually, Andy Sergich pushed him to me. Uh, played Nottingham maybe around when you were there. Um, he uh, he played in the Oberliga, did well, uh, then went to Slovakia for not a lot of money, did extremely well, and basically signed Slovan Bratislava. In 12 months. So in one yeah, calendar cool. year, he went from the Oberliga. Yep. Huh, I grinded it's it out in the second league in Germany for six <laughs> years, and I was doing well yep. every year. Uh, uh, other ones, like some of those Asian deals were big, man, because there was like four or five years on them. I mean, and, like. And so yeah. which guys did you, do you, did you have, I think one of the goalies is from around here. Did you have the Dalton guy? I didn't have him, but I, I I think I spoke to him a few times. I don't know how he ended up getting there. Um, I had you know, I have Evan Stoffett, who was in Fife for a bit. He's a local Salt Lake guy here. I had him with the China Dragons. Evan um, Stoftlith? Yeah. He um, played against me in Denmark. Yeah, yeah, in Copenhagen and Esbjerg. Yeah. And then uh, Brett Parnum was in China. Mike Tessui, Jeff Demon. Wasn't the China team the team that, like, literally guys would go <laughs> over there and their stats would be, like, minus 60? I think he had a – he was, like, dash 56 one year, but had, like, 45 points. So, I'm like, right. man. So, like, so, you're mixing in a goal, but you're losing 15-1? Yeah. And again, money talks. <laughs> money talks. But he, like, send me pictures of, like, they got food in their contract. But he sent me pictures of it. And it was like they take a chicken, cut the head off of it, put it in a deep fryer, and put it in the basket. So you have the literally a fried chicken head to eat. 
and no toilets. They'd have a hole to take a dump in. It's uh, it went. This is the China team. Oh yeah, like in the locker room, they had no toilet. They had a hole in the ground. Does that it's team still exist? No, but they won their first game. And I had all those guys there. Their first game in like four years. And did, he would, said, guys, do, was the goalie? Uh, do you know the goalie? I think he was an Asian guy. Okay, sorry. Chinese guy. But I, was, I know somebody that was on that team, and they're telling me the story. This, I think they did won the first game like four years, right? Yeah, and the diet, like Parnum told me, he's like, there was literally guys in tears on the ice, like crying. They were so happy because they won one game. Yeah, they won <laughs> one game. <laughs> Uh, made the hockey news, man. Like, like when the old print hockey news would still come out, it made the hockey news that they won their first. Well, game. and it, and it should because, like, when teams don't lose or win for four years and then they finally do, and grown men are crying, that should that should <laughs> that's hockey news. And it's like this podcast. I think all these guys that have came on, every single guy's career, like, is are real stories that like people should hear about. It's just don't have the platform to really get this out there that much, but I, I don't know. I think the guys that come on, like your story of just being a guy that loves hockey in San Diego <laughs> and then becomes this European agent where every guy I talk to is like, yeah, well, he's my agent. Yeah. He's my agent. And then I even talked to you when I was still playing and it wasn't because like I was looking for, I was just looking for help and you were the guy that knew people and were, was willing to help and you didn't ask for anything in return. It just is all very, you know, yeah, it's, it's all interconnected. And I find that it's wild. Like when I'd see your guests, I'm like, well, Lavecchio helped them out. Um, like, did you get him to Asia? Like, yeah, I got, I had Jeff from his first move over and, uh, he is was that right. eh? Uh, probably shouldn't have went to Italy initially, but like he was just antsy. I mean, it was like late in the summer, and he ca- that was back in the Italian league. It was like the last league to start recruiting, and it was so, kind of so. When, how you know, when how did you find out about the pod? When was the first time you knew about it? Was it when Lavecchio came on? Because that's the maybe, second episode. Maybe Porky. Yeah, and then I went back, and a few of the guys I I knew I listened to, and I think that's what's happening is people are finding out when like guys will put it on their Instagram or their story yeah. or whatever, like that they're coming on is that then all these other hockey guys are like, Oh, well, I knew him, 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 and him. And then all the yeah. old episodes are all still going up. <laughs> like even, yeah. Like even like, like Chris Brooks, I knew him from, he was in the central league. Um, I used to do a little bit over here and then I just realized, you I was know, everybody, Jesus. That's uh, that Western connection on Jerry Coon. Um, I helped Jerry get his passport. He's um, got his German passport. And he's killing it. I know. He went over there and just started rocking it right from the start. As soon as he – well, didn't he leave right out of school? Yeah. yeah. Well, they won your in Idaho. Okay. So him and him and Mac were pretty close to being a tandem in, in Castle, and that would have been the toughest goalie tandem but, in yeah. pro hockey. I've seen videos of Jerry chasing guys down the ice, two-handing people, like, <laughs> like, like a legit tough guy. Do you so, imagine I mean, practicing on that team though? And like, then oh they God. tell which goalie's <laughs> not playing, and then the, he's bad, and then he starts like, I wouldn't even go near them. I'd be taking wristers from the top of the circles and heading back to line. 
top of the circles, I'd, I'd be just pushing them along the ice. But that's like, the problem is those, those, some of those guys then get mad at you for not shooting it right. Uh, and true. then they'll freak out on you for that. Like they're very <laughs> unbalanced, those goaltenders sometimes, right? Oh man, it's, it's, it's very accurate. And then, do you know what I mean I though? Mean, sometimes they'll get mad at you for yeah. shooting it too hard in their head. But then yeah. sometimes you get mad for over stick handling. Then sometimes they get mad for not shooting it right or like hard yeah. enough. hundred percent. And I mean, it's uh, I've, I've had a few of those conversations with a few unnamed goalies that I've had to say, well, just deal with it. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, what are you going to do? You're getting paid. Like they want to shoot. They want to shoot. I mean, sometimes we're trying to help. Yeah, you know, you know, and, and that's a crazy thing. Like some, like after years of experience, like sometimes guys like insist on doing something. You're like, well, that, that's not going to work out, and you're like, you shouldn't do it, and they do it, and you're like, well, I told you so. When they come and and recognize that you were right, I mean, but yeah, no, and that's the thing is sometimes guys like their tempers or whatever, like. They there's those people that think teams are like unprofessional when they first get over there or whatever, right? But when you start realizing what goes on around Europe, like there's a lot of, a lot of, I guess you could say unprofessionalism or whatever you want to call it. It's just it's not that professional. You just deal with it. If you want to be a hockey player and have fun and get paid, like that's what you deal with, right? I know Mac talked about like some of the things like in Favar and Hungary that he like would drive him nuts because it wasn't super professional. Now I think looking back, like he's like, yeah, that wasn't that big of a deal. Like, you know, it is what it is type thing. And like, I, to me, it doesn't even phase me anymore because I've done it for so long, but like I've had, I've had to send guys like stick wax before and stupid stuff like that. I mean that stick wax and uh, they wanted like grip tape for their sticks and little things that the teams didn't have, like in pretty good leagues. You, you send it to them? Yeah, because it was driving them nuts. And if a player is not playing well, they're going to get fired. You know, yeah. so it's it's a small expense to, to spare. You got to have what you want. Yeah. I mean, and if stick wax is going to make them play well, stick wax it is. Yeah. I just, I guess I never talked to my agents about any of that stuff. It's, I mean, a lot of, I used to send like chew, like logs of chew over to guys. Oh, like, I could see that. Style. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're sending them the skull stuff because they most guys once they go over there they want the European stuff. Yeah, a lot of grizzly. Yeah, that's the cheap yeah. shit. Yeah, that's the honey yeah. hole you're in. We're just not making enough yeah. for the skull. Eh? Yeah, a lot of grizzly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'd have to be playing in the higher leagues to get the skull. Eh? <laughs> oh, but the guys in those uh, like Eastern European countries have like the African stuff that they like have like a syringe that they like shoot in the back of their upper lip and i'm like man that's uh <laughs> it's a process it's, i can do yeah. it i yeah no i've seen it i know what you're talking about um oh. okay that's funny so when you go over there are there any places like you can't wait to get to or other places you're like gosh i gotta go back there um germ germany like my favorite vip like i love the vips in the dl do they let you go up to the VIP because you're an agent? Oh, yeah. It's part of the license, man. You Shut have to get a ticket. up. You pay the I, license. How much is this license? 
I think it's a thousand euro a year plus. And you get to go every, to the VIP at every place. Well, plus a hundred per player you have over ten, and so. Sorry, what was that? Additional hundred euro per player over ten, like after ten players in the okay. league. Okay. So okay. yeah, the VIP like Augsburg VIP is always a can't miss. Um, you know, some of them you'd be pretty disappointed, but I mean, I I put on like fourteen pounds one trip, like like. VIPs are uh, hard to turn down. A lot of lot of uh, good food. For yeah, sure. and if the folks don't understand this, it's uh, I remember when I first went to Landsoup was huh? when the game ends, you get to go up to where the VIPs had been watching the game from, which was up above where they could see from the warm area, and there would be like a spread of food that was just incredible, and it was you know free bar, free food, and the players would go up and do the same thing after the game, and I guess agents are doing that, right? Great desserts too. Like, Augsburg are you a dessert a- guy? I'm not a dessert guy. Oh, might as well. I overeat during the main course. Well, I I usually do a little bit of both, like. When I was by myself, like I said, I was on a tight budget, so I get the free hotel breakfast and the free VIP dinner. That's it. Yeah, just get there early and finish late. And <laughs> all no, that makes sense. And you, <laughs> yeah, you get to mingle with all the players, and you, yeah. you got one of your players there, and you're up there, and then you're like, yeah, I'm a really nice guy. Look at me. Yeah, eating lime one's pretty good too. I don't even want to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> I won the second league, and we we're supposed to go to the first league, and then. We didn't, and now they did, and it's all so great. Way to go! Yeah, well, we did that thirteen years ago, right? So they might stay. They might stay up too. Well, I was supposed we'll to get see. paid back then. Never did. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be amazed at the money in that league now. In the DL, second league, it's back up. I I would think it's safe to say it's probably double what you were making. I doubt it. Pretty close. We'll talk off camera. Yeah. Um, no, but like shock, uh, shocking numbers. Like guys are making large percentages more in the second league than the DL. Oh, because now they can go up. Well, and they got the Corona money. What's that mean? They because of the of the pandemic, they all the DL and the DL two teams both got the same subsidy from the government. Oh, so it's like it's like so, you know, going it's to like Costco monopoly money. They just can just <laughs> pay people for a couple of years, and then there'll be teams going tits up in no time. <laughs> so it's, it's hey, at uh, least there's some guys getting paid this year. Congratulations, what? fellas! Have fun. Just one year deals, and it's good. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, shocking, put it that way. I, I'm really yeah. No, I'm curious because so basically my story is. When I got there, there were guys making really good money. Like, there were guys making – it was – I don't even – yeah, it's hard to put into words here. But let's say there were started to be some guys that would come over on four-game tryouts, and they'd stay for, like, 16,000 euros. They'd stay for 20,000 euros if they made it through the tryout. But if they didn't make it through their four games, they'd head home and they'd bring in the new guy. And that changed the whole market. And then – the uh, currency exchange, like Germany, the euro went down. And I yeah. went from like the first couple of years in Beatingheim feeling like just an absolute rock star to yeah. then being like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think you're going to start to see that a little bit more if the economy doesn't 
you know, level out a little bit over there. But I mean, it's, uh, uh, I don't know. It's now they, now in the, in Germany, for instance, they have like, even the second, they have a, a specific amount of licenses. So they can't bring in those tryout guys anymore. You're there for the year if they register you. I think you get six now in the second league. Two well, changes. that's way better than like once they start bringing in those tryout guys it changed everything but like i was one of those guys that came in for like less money for a year to like show them what i could do and those guys changed everything so we we've got a guy in beatingheim right now evan jasper he was in the french league last year and beatingheim they almost even didn't get a license in the second league last year because their finances were so wonky from probably when you were there um, and so he was in the French league in Chamonix had to pay his own buyout to get out of his contract. And I think he made like three grand to play in Beatingheim for that year. And his bonuses were big if they were to win and they won, they signed him for the DL guys out point per game, the DL right now. And now this he's a player in Europe. This kid, like, like <laughs> we were talking the other day, he's the, he's the best player, like, you know, making the amount of money he's making. Like in the league history, like right. And you're saying he was in Chamonix, so like that's like the ski hill, like in France, making making no money. It was like yeah, the last I've been there. And uh, his buddy was on the team Beatingheim that we have, and he's like, "Let's get him here and share my apartment." I know they don't have any money, and really, we kind of like you know teamed up me and my my player there, and and helped get him in. And uh, smart, I think he might even scored the game winning goal in. Uh, in the promotion, like <laughs> brilliant. I mean, did I, but that's a guy who bet on himself and I mean, change his career. Yeah. No. And uh, yeah. And beating is a great town, great yeah. spot. I loved it there. Um, you know, if you look back on it, like when I was doing so well, when I first got there, like I should have bet on myself and been like, I need to keep climbing the ladder. Okay. And I decided like at, I don't even know what it was like 24 years old, 25. Like I was happy in Beatingheim. I'll keep, I'll keep playing here. I'm fine here. And then that's, they wanted that too. But then when they have no budget and they're just paying me and nobody else that much money, it's not a recipe for success. The next thing you know, you bring in a new coach. That's like, well, you've been losing for years. And they're quick to pull the trigger on coaches over there too. I think. And the DEL, they've already had three changes this year. And it's what, November or October? So, and like they I mean, pay them for the year then, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You think you'd put the money into the players and so, have better players than firing a coach and bringing a new one? Just so you know, think, teams, right? if anybody's so, listening, you'd think. Like Corey Nielsen, like Corey was doing well. Like he was coach of the year the year previous, signed a huge extension in Vice Foster. Like, you know, Paid very well. Then Berlin didn't send him any players in Corona. Like so, they. I mean, like you know as so well. So they didn't as get I any do, of those young punks. No, no, and you know as well as I do, who the hell are they going to recruit to Vice Foster? Like if they have a choice. It's not the first choice, and you know German wise at least. And so have they to have be money to, talks, navigating yeah, lieutenants, money talks, and uh, and so Corey was the victim, right? Like get another year on his deal and. You know, fans were like, well, it must be the coach's fault. Well, not the coach's fault. It's, you know, the organization's affiliation's fault, probably. Yeah. Um, so is he know. done there? Yeah, he got fired there. He's in Norway now, and his team's a bit of a dumpster fire. Like, he's uh, 
you know, we'll see what happens. The hockey but, coach life is a strange one. Yep, they can be anywhere day to day, right? Yeah, but but then you see a guy like Pete who came in for just an opportunity and was an unknown and no one wanted a, <laughs> a guy who talks funny from England, uh, especially because Pete's got a heavy Scottish accent. And but not he, in Germany, man. Like, <laughs> oh, He bucks the trend for sure. And you know what? Coach of the year his first year, and he's such an outgoing person and like hands on that uh, I'm telling you, he'll end up in the DL soon, DL or comparable league very soon. Um, and how does that deal ever happen? Because I honestly, the I think the German coaches I had while I was over there could have been improved upon drastically. Um, they needed more. They, yeah, the coaching that was over there was not up to par. Um, but may are they getting fresh ideas over there? Because I was trapping like it was the 80s Olympics. <laughs> so, Corey and Pete actually kind of like transform things over there, right? Like, they do a pretty up tempo style of play. And as soon as, first... as soon as a couple new people came in with yeah. new ideas, all of a sudden, everybody's like, Holy shit, look at these people go. Corey went from a low-budget team his first year with uh, really no foundation to, I mean, he played a pretty run-and-gun system and kind of took everyone by storm and team finished, I think, fourth and fifth place in Weissfosser and uh, coach of the year. And everyone tried to match his style. And so, I mean, they were a little exposed as a result the following the second year. But um, Pete has a little bit of a similar system, but a hybrid of that um, add his own twist to it. And, I mean, it's causing these coaches to be a little bit more progressive for sure. But you see guys that have been in the league for years that are still there because they're just like, once you get a job, like you're going to get another one. It's crazy. And they just keep giving it to these guys that have played the same system with just, they keep interchanging and then they bring in. Yeah. And it's now it's with four it's... imports. You have to really coach though. Like if you can't coach like six imports, a little bit easier. But four imports in that league, like it's tough. So there's only four now. It's four, and so so they would get paid like, way more. Yeah, um, at least comp like at least more than they would in years past with the lower budget teams. I think when I first went there, it was five, and then it went to six. But yeah, four. I don't think I was a part of that. No, it's. For development, it's good. And the imports are probably guys that could play, all play in the DL, like every import in the league for the most part. But, I mean, it's uh, uh, it's a different game. you got to find the guys that are well, yeah, And then more. they'd be asking for way more out of the imports when there's only four and they're getting more paid pressure. more. Then you got to put up more points, eh? Exactly. And so that's the tough kind of catch-22 with it. And that's when you don't want them to write newspaper articles about you or whatever you're saying. <laughs> At least you can't understand it, though. <laughs> well, yeah, eventually you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can do Sprechenheim yeah. bis in Deutsch. I understand a little bit, but I am, I'm not a good foreign language speaker. So when you like talk to all these these coaches, you got to speak English then. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they all speak English, whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They, Some of them don't want to don't. admit it, even to their players. Nope. And you'll see guys that'll text it perfect English, but they won't speak it. Especially the the German, the old school German Germans, like, yeah, 
They'll pretend they don't, but they do. Yeah, they do. I know they do. Um, no, I think it's really cool the life you're living and like what you're doing. Um, I, geez, I would kind of wish I had the idea like you did back then, but now I got a podcast, you know? Yeah. And I, it's staying around the game is good. Like I'm telling you, like it's, you know, part, find your niche of, around the game, right? Yeah, and then the just give her. It. Yeah. The best part about it is just like being able to keep the relationship with the players and the people you like um you know and i mean it's better than sitting in an office all day right um well it's like when you're coming on and quirky's raving about his former agent and texting me about him and like (laughs) but other guys too and it's like like you're still friends with the guy and like quirky's done hockey right I don't have an agent I talk to that I ever had that I text with or call. I, the ones I had that by the end, I was like, I could do this myself. Don't let's not, you know, care ourselves here. Like there's some guys like you can't make them all happy. Like if you, like I, when I first started, I, it would just crush me if like a guy like fired me. Right. But now we just have to realize that like, Hey, look, there's no way in the world you're going to please everyone. And some guys, like like I said earlier, like you're going to tell them your opinion. They're not going to agree. But at least at night you can sleep knowing you told them the truth. Um, Because if you bullshit them, like it doesn't do anyone any good, right? Like you just look like an idiot at the end of the day. And the player uh, has expectations that are going to eventually lead them unemployed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, The other thing, last one of the last questions here, okay, is – if those coaches that are your clients, they obviously have a big say in who they sign. If they sign players from other agents, do you be like, are you a little pissed off? No. Like if, like I usually like when they, when they get a job, but we'll kind of like map out a road plan of what they need and try to find some guys. But I mean, the other day, like I'm more concerned with their success than like taking a player from me. Like, I mean, I don't want to get them fired by sending a guy who's not what they need. Right. Like it doesn't help anyone goes back to like matching the player with the opportunity. And if, you know, a guy doesn't play Peter Corey's system, like, well, then why would I do it? Right. It should be more headache in the end. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, and I mean, and I know someone else will take them. Like there's some guys I've sent to Pete, like, he just not the right fit for him, but other coaches love them. Like Jake Doty, for instance, he was in Glasgow with Pete. When Pete took the job there, he didn't re-sign him. Like, I don't think it was because he didn't want him. It just didn't fit what he needed. Jake Doty is, I mean, likely going to play in the NHL this year. Like, it's what? Crazy. Who's this? Jacob Doty, tough kid. I don't like, know who Doty. that is. He played for the Kings in exhibition this year. And, I mean, like, he had – several other NHL teams pursuing him this year. Like, it's crazy. And he was in Glasgow? Yeah. He's a, he's a killer, this guy. Huh. How old is he? 28, I want to say. He came over pretty early. Um, but that's because... And now he's gone back. He went back like his wife was pregnant and they needed to get back for some health, like medical stuff and uh, landed in the East Coast League, did okay. And then I... I call from a former Belfast giant, Rich Seeley, needing 
a tough guy. And I'm like, well, I only know one like in like that's actually like legit tough. He can went there on a tryout. He's been the LA Kings organization since. <laughs> it's crazy like, how it works out for people, isn't it? Making legit money. Like Drew Doughty's bringing them beers on the bus the other night. <laughs> like, like this guy was playing on the third line in Glasgow two or three years ago. Like Doughty and Quicker, like making them come back to the back of the bus to have beers with them. <sighs> and there, and there's so many people. That like, it never un- does un- work out, but like a guy like that, like it, it happens, right? Like you get the right phone call, you get the right spot, and you, right. you, you, then you perform, right? I think a lot of it's being a good guy too, right? Like they won't, if you're not a good person, like that's the first and foremost, like the thing you can kind of control the most. I mean, if you're not a good guy, no one will give you a shot. Like if you're, you know, if you're a shithead, like who's going to bring you in? Like you're going to ruin the room, like you're going to make them look bad. And and then that's like when you start a pod, you realize how it's not that hard to find out who's a good guy and who's a bad guy right away. It takes a few phone calls, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, let's not bother." <laughs> yeah, it's and you know what? There's a there's a lot of guys that when they retire, it's everyone else's fault but their own. I mean, at the end of the day, like. Look yourself in the mirror, and yeah, you can put them, you can point them in the right direction, but they got to perform, or else, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, that's actually. There was a point in my life where I thought agents did the work for you instead of you doing the work, right? Like it's about what you do and about what you go put out on the ice. The agent just talks to the teams about what you're doing. It might be able to get you in or whatnot, but I mean. At, like you still got to show up. It's up to you. Yeah. yeah. If you don't show up, you're fired quick. Yeah. It's, mm. You're right. And uh, the one guy once said, like, when you're going over to Europe, like, you, as a hockey player, like, you're your own CEO. Like, you're your own – you're in charge of your own company, right? The UK is a little bit different because it's more of a team system there uh, because there's so many imports. But, like, a lot of these leagues, like I tell guys, I say, look, like, it sucks to say, but you got to be a little selfish. Because if you're not, like, you got to be a team guy, but you got to be, like, care about yourself, too. Because if you're not, like, you're not going to get another job. Well, and that's the thing is if you're just happy the team's winning and you're on the third line as an import, you're done. That's over. Nope. Uh, yeah, yeah. You win some games, but you're looking for a job the next year at a significantly lower level. Yeah. So, and a pay decrease. Yeah, but that's the hardest pill to swallow, like, when these guys are – or use of a certain standard of living and have to cut that in, you know, by 30%, because you know, as well as I do from league to league, like the money varies. And it happens every year too, right? And every team's different based on who's their sponsor and all that yep. shit. And you got to keep up with all that. <laughs> yeah. That's, and, but you see certain spots like, like the UK, like, like Steve Gertz in there. And like, he came from the Czech league and like awesome guy, but like he, fortunate enough to combine his schooling with you know a decent pay raise or not a raise but like pretty lateral pay move um you know when he went there and i mean uh, that's sometimes what it takes to step you know down to a different league right like you have the opportunity for the schooling but also a decent amount of money on top of that Um, yeah there's so many different places and options and like it takes a guy like you that knows all the different leagues and the different places and i 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there then there's also like once you're over there, and like I think players also like for me, I always liked that when I started doing it myself, when my my agent wasn't doing enough, and I talked to you and you were honest with me. But then I would I talk to Mario Simone, who had coached Sooner Yuski oh. before me. I didn't even play for him, but he was the coach there and he knew the hockey world. And he's like, I will help you. Like, I'll call teams for you because I watched you play this year and you're good. And like, it takes people to see a play and you got to be in front of people, right? And that's such a small world, man. Like, it's so interconnected too. Like, if you're, a good guy somewhere everyone will know about it if you're donkey somewhere everyone will know about it like if you can play like it's all about like also finding like the right coach for the right guy like if it's a you know certain guy that might be a fitness freak and you have a guy who's like look you don't score goals from the weight room like it's not a good mix not, nope and it's an it's destined to be fired and yep. uh you know, it's, it's as soon as they some, walk in the room, the coach is going to be like, yeah, I'm done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, or if a guy, if, if they're, you know, playing three lines and they want a guy to play 40 minutes a night and, you know, he's uh, not the picture of fitness, like eh, probably not going to be the right fit. And this yeah. is going to end up well, but like Pete, for instance, like he likes guys that can play two ways. And so I'm not going to send him a guy that's deficient defensively because he's going to complain about the guy every day. You know and I mean? you got to hear about it. Well, it's just, it, it doesn't help him out. Cause like if you send them what they want and they succeed, they're happy. But like, you know, with players and coaches, like, you know, you gotta like put them in the right position at least. Right. Yeah, you do. Um, so, I mean, it's yeah and you're i guess you're controlling a lot of this eh? um yeah i don't know like it's a little bit like it's if you have access to the players and you know what the desires are there like you kind of can pigeonhole certain guys in certain situations yeah no i i get it um i yeah it's uh it's a great honey hole you got there like i it's right in my alley. And that's like the guys I love, the guys I played with all had similar careers to me. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You're the agent for <laughs> most cool. of them. And it's, it wasn't uh, that guys. way when I went over there, whatever the hell you were doing, I think, I guess you were younger than me. So when <laughs> I went over there, school. you were like 22. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, and, and, yeah, I mean, like, it's something that you have to be able to persevere a little bit. And I mean, I started out, like I said, like, in the leagues that you've never heard of, like, ever heard of, like, Dutch second league. And this is call in college in your dorm room. Yeah, like, my buddies would be going to the bars, and I'd be, like, like staying up till four in the morning because I wouldn't want to miss a phone call and lose a deal for, you know, $1,900 for the year, like some brutal deal that was just embarrassing. And where were you getting these players from? Anywhere and everywhere. Like my buddies that I was playing with, like they had a message board way back when that like guys would post it for jobs. I just troll the message board. I mean, I got one guy that we played against in college at Arizona state when they were back, back in their club team. 
put him in the Dutch second league, and now he's actually like the head of hockey ops at ASU. So he sends me guys all the time. I mean, so it, it's a, such a small world. Like it's so. And it's all about being a good person, right? And how you treat people, and then it just the word of mouth travels, right? Yeah, yeah. and I mean, and you know, some guys you screw up on, you can't. I mean, you're human, right? Like you're never gonna be perfect, but you try to if you screw up, own it and fix it and make it right and that's all you can do how many players is too many players for you i don't really have a number on that honestly like it's if i can handle it i can handle it like but i won't like i try to get guys that aren't if they're if they're just looking for like a european vacation like i won't really waste my time um because it's it's just not worth i don't want to say we're not worth the effort but like they don't really need my help right like they can go to like a fun spot and the Oberliga and have fun and practice three times a week or twice a week and go. Well, and you, eventually you, you got to grow past where you were. Like, that's how you got started in those leagues. Like yeah. eventually you got to be like, okay, I'm here now. Right. Like, it's not well, like just because you played uh peewee hockey doesn't mean you get to don't you don't graduate to the next level right exactly and so like when i joined optima um it was they this was the hole they had that needed to be filled and it was i was pretty good at it and so like it's like joining a team right like you have to if you're not all buying in and you're not covering your specific markets then you're wasting time and you're not being effective and efficient and so it doesn't make sense to like have two people from the same company offering different players to one team. So yeah. this is what hole need to be filled. And I mean, you know, you kind of buy in, take your role like you would on a hockey team. And, and I'm, uh, I'm more than happy to do it. Like it's, these are the fun guys to deal with. I have, I don't deal with a lot of the, the headaches and bullshit that my partners have to deal with. It's kind of <laughs> lucky in that way. Yeah, no, and I understand that. Um, my my biggest issue is guys bringing too much luggage over, or you know, some stupid things like that. Like dogs, my paycheck was dogs, yeah, dogs. My paycheck was seventy dollars short this week. Like, I mean, like, you know, is Germany like there's still some funky business with guys getting paid? Germany's pretty good. Um, I mean. Slovakia is probably the weirdest one, but I mean, even that's getting a lot more professional than it was five years ago. I was going to say, cause Slovakia wasn't a league guys went to like when I was playing, definitely not. Those kids were trying to leave Slovakia, like Slovakians were trying to leave to go elsewhere. But like now all of a sudden guys are going there and it's like a place to be eh? good money. Is that what it good, is? Eh? Good money. Like, so money I took talks? A, I took a, I took a group of guys out there one time. I spent four, I think I spent 30 or 40 euro. And we went for beers, burgers, wings for like three or four hours, like for like seven or eight guys, 40 bucks. Like that's like a, you know, not even one person's meal here in the US. And then they can pay you too. And it doesn't even cost you much to live there. No, I mean, like, they're most of the guys there won't even cook, they'll just go out to eat every meal until it's like two euro a meal. I mean, you live in some weird places sometimes, but if you're if you know the market, you know what teams are legit, what teams aren't, then like it's a lot easier. And so, how do you get into all these new countries? Like, how do you get in there? 
so I got this is the wildest story like Zagreb way back when that was how I elevated to like the Austrian league I was trying to get in that league forever no one returned my calls or emails but I saw an ad in the hockey news back when I had a subscription and it was a guy looking for Croatian passport players I'm like well I'll just email this guy and see if he needs anyone because I figured it was a Croatian league. Well, turned out they were putting a team in the Austrian league. I met the guy in Vegas and we ended up kind of like recruiting a bunch of players. And I had 16 guys there by the end of the year. Like, so just strokes of luck, you know? And so are you getting the guys, you're finding anybody that can be Croatian? Yeah, well, Croatian is a very loose term. Right. The name sounds somewhat Croatian. They're Croatian. Somewhat like South Korean. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had, I had, I'd say nine out of the 10 guys had no clue where Croatia was. It was that easy. If, if their name ended with like the ICH last three letters, they were Croatian. Yeah, I don't think there's an H at the end. I think it's just IC, isn't it? Uh, well, I had like Brian Kanasiewicz there. Okay. Uh, Andy Serdich, oh uh, Adam Adam Naglich. You have all just, these I, guys. I would just go through and I would look at the like on elite prospects. I put ICH in and get all the names and I'd just start going to town. Holy moly. You're yeah. No, you were ahead of the curve and you you went out there and you got to work and you figured out how to do this because you like when I talk to these guys, they're all with you and when your name came up that many years ago, when I was trying to get into it, and um, I don't know, like I really enjoyed playing in those leagues. I wish you made more money. I hope it happens someday mm-hmm. for these guys, but like, you know, then that brings more problems too, right? You get a lot of the benefits too. Like Germany is good with like the insurance and stuff like that, like disability insurance, uh, pension, all that good stuff. Should we? I so. we can. I you know what. I'm ready to talk about it on the pod. <laughs> do, do you want to know why we have a shed? Huh? It's because of my knee. Yeah. Because I heard it in Germany. Yeah. That's it, the only had, reason the shed exists. So thank right. you, Germany. Thank you um, for me getting to play hockey there and injuring myself for life. And yeah, it hurts right now, but at least I got a shed out of the deal. And that's mm-hmm. because of the German rules, right? Did you have supplemental insurance or just the BG? Just the BG. Um, supplemental, I've had some substantial payouts. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Right. Guys, that- and I've heard of that. And you pay like insurance in case something might happen, right? Yes. And we recommend all our guys do that. And more often than not, they use it. Right. I never did, but I still got. Yeah. It's- I got enough for a shed, eh? I think Quirky always made sure that payment was on time. And I yeah. think he uh, think he blocked a shot with his face one time, if I remember correctly, and he got he got something out of that one. But, and uh, it, it, is, it can be life-changing. It uh, yeah. brought me a shed and a podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, like, the thing is, if I would have hurt my knee in any other country originally, I would have got a handshake and a pat on the ass. And, like, yeah. players don't know this shit unless – guys like me and you tell them yep and other countries like they might take care of you but you get no compensation for it and like like you said like you're 
you, know, you have issues now, like with your knees still. And like, I mean, you know, big issues. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, you're going to need something because I mean, it shortens your career and makes your life, you know, not uh, the quality it should be. Right. And that that's the country. They will take care of you folks. So if you're a hockey player, thinking about going to Germany, that is yeah. one perk, right? Absolutely. And I think that more countries should adopt that, but I don't, I mean, Germany is just Germany with that, you know? Well, and it's like, well, you're a hockey player, you're going to get injured. We all do. Yep. That's, <laughs> and that's why the other yeah. countries are like, we're never insuring hockey players. They get injured all the time. Well, Germany's like, what, no, we will. Yeah. And that's why I tell them, I said, look, guys, like, it's a permanent disability, like just playing hard throughout one season. You're probably going to get some sort of you know, break your finger and can't move it or something stupid like that. Break your nose and can't breathe right. You know, they consider that a disability. So it's worth it. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, uh, I'm sure people were trying to figure out how I ended up with a shed and um, <laughs> when the leagues I played in, they're like, well, how the hell does this guy have a shed? It doesn't make any sense. Germany folks that, and I haven't talked about it till episode. What is this? 84, 85, 84, yeah, something like that. You know, I, I, it's, it's almost like, yeah, like, but I, my knee is screwed up for life. I need a knee replacement and it sucks to live this way. And like, if I don't take care of it, I will really get injured trying to coach under 11 this week. And it <laughs> sucks, but it's something I deal with. And at least I got compensated because I was playing in Germany. It's, you know, and that's, I think, what the, sh the shortcoming of certain leagues are. Like, I mean, I would like to see the UK, like, have something like that in place. But, I mean, I don't know how the government works in that regard. Um, I mean, because those guys, a lot of those guys come over and they don't have a lot, you know. They're career East Coast leaguers or they're guys that, you know, really never played at a top level. I mean, certain teams obviously have, you know, guys on the downswing. But I mean, like some of the smaller teams, like you get hurt, like you, know, you get treated, but you're good luck, man. Exactly. I totally agree. And then you get the, the handshake, the pat on the ass. And it's like, well, um, we're going to need that apartment for the next guy. So you better head on <laughs> out, right? Like Exactly. And that's a tough one. There are certain places where you get taken care of and there's perks in different leagues. There's positives and negatives and you know what? You can contact David or myself if you have any questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad um, to help. But seriously, and you were the same for me when I was looking for help and how to get to Asia. You were there when I, I, I guess I was at a place where I had a little kid, one on the way. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, I don't even know what to do. And then it takes talking to a guy like you that's like lays it out there. And he's like, and, and. Yeah, and then you know where you stand, right? Instead of some agents that don't call you back and stuff. Well, I, I find like a lot of the German agents are, I mean, because it's, Germany is so like insulated that like they just get all the young Germans and it's like printing money for them because the teams are basically not, they're basically required to pay fees on them. So like if you have all these young guys, like, it's, you know, pretty sustainable. Um, and so like, I find them not willing to go the extra mile. A lot of times, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's because when they leave Germany, they never, never have to see them again or listen to them again. Right. Well, they don't. And I remember German players on my team saying to me, like, 
when you leave, you'll be the same as every other import. You come here, you make money, you have fun, and then you leave and we never hear from you again. That was Dirk Robel. He was an episode. And guess what, Dirk? You were an episode, so I didn't forget about <laughs> you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's very true, though. Like, it is, I mean, and that's what happens. Guys head back to their real lives and whatever happens, and and then that's like a part of your life you kind of forget about unless you talk about it in a shed somewhere. I've, I've seen the opposite, though. My old business partner, like he, uh, he uh, played in the Austrian League for like 14 years, and we were, uh, we were at a game in Feelock. In the, uh, just a random like, Tuesday game, and there were like lines of kids like wanting to like get his autograph like four years after he retired it was crazy like but you know certain players touch certain regions i guess and uh, become a little more infamous than others that's right no you and you don't know right when you're setting these players up where they go who's gonna do what where and some people can turn into the whatever they are in each town and have jerseys retired or do this or do that. And then there's some people getting fired within a month, right? Be the Corey Quirk of Bramerhaven. Is that what he is? Oh man. I'm telling you, I'll have a statue one day. Like, like they'll have a Corey Quirk night one night in the, in the fish. I looked at his stats. It's not about his stats. It's just because he just loved him. Loved him. They basically said like he has a con, he would have had a contract till he quit. Well, he's a good, he good is a great he's a great a great dude. He works harder yeah. than anybody. He'll take her to the yeah. net on anybody, and that's how I had to knock out his teeth. <laughs> yeah, he tried to take it to the hole on me, and I'm like, not today, sir, because this is we had been line mates the whole year, and then they switched the lines, and then he tried to take it to the hole on me. It wasn't well, happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a uh, you guys beat Frotstown that year in the finals, right? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, other t- town, Herning. Uh, Herning. Yeah, Frederick Town was the next year. Well, that's when they didn't want me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's fine. Yeah. I was busy winning a Challenge Cup in Cardiff and getting an NBA. So yeah. they can keep their gold helmets. Yeah. And uh, yeah. They got the degree, though, and that's more important, right? It, it is it, it's huge and i hope you you uh, steer a lot of players that way because i i think it was the biggest decision i ever made in my life yeah, for as far yeah. as like hockey and contracts wise and where to go choosing to go to cardiff and get it the nba was the biggest decision i ever made car is a good spot i'm gonna try to make a trip up there when i'm in germany like during the national team break nothing's going on because if i don't see mac it'll uh you you should you should check out cardiff you should check it out if you don't hit chippy lane after the game with mac i'll be upset um and if he doesn't get twix thrown at him i'd also be upset so well only if they win though because if they don't win right there's no twix on the ice if you don't win (laughs) yeah well i I wouldn't want to go out with mac if they don't win my yeah, don't go out with Mac and, yeah, let the Twix melt in your pocket, folks. Throw I him in the garbage. In, I told him because of you, he's going to be so fat at the end of the season. Oh, well, he's, he's uh, He'll be fine. He'll be skating in the glass full tilt. <laughs> well, his daddy's going to need to invest in a workout program in the summer because all these Twix fires are definitely not going to do him well. I just think the whole thing's so funny because <laughs> – 
it's just me like shooting the shit with a guy in my shed having beers and now all of a sudden there's Twix on the ice in Cardiff and like it honestly it just it it like it makes me so happy that like I'm part of the game again and like then I hear your story and how you grinded your way to be part of the game still and like now to get where you're at man well done you should see the uh that rink in Hungary he was talking about where we were throwing the candy bars at him like I was sitting in the seats there and like water be dripping on your head because it's such a barn. It's like they had like a section of seats welded to the ceiling that like don't belong there. And I mean, there's probably 5,000 people in a building that fits 2,000 people. Like it's a fire hazard waiting to happen. Like there's a, if, God forbid something like that were to happen, like a fire break out, everyone would die. <laughs> like it's 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 a barn like well, so, some of the places in europe when you get to those arenas and you see what's going on you're just like is this real like am, am i really playing hockey here they've got this really short glass too like you haven't seen in a rink since like 1985 and there's these guys like banging drums like eating this bread that's like lab slathered in like lard and onions it's the smells horrific i've seen them walk by with it and they, uh, they're just, <laughs> they don't stop, man. It's nonstop. And they're winging Twix and little <laughs> candy bars at him after the game. Like, and this little kid skating around with this, like, devil helmet that looks like it was made in, you know, I don't know, 30 years ago. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's an experience for sure. Yeah, and then you sent his ass to Weissfosser. Man, well, he's going to be a German. Right. Sprecking- yeah, like he was going to be the next goalie for Ice Bear in Berlin. And then, yeah, well, if you get that passport, you are, and you might even be playing on the national team. And you're, yeah. I mean, yeah, he would have been good for it. But I mean, it's, uh, you know, things happen for a reason. And I think he seems extremely happy in Cardiff right now. And, uh, and I think it's a perfect spot for him and his new wife there. Yeah. And you got, I don't know how many other players you got, you got to know the player, the wife, the situation dogs kids um what type of player they are the type of personality they are um exactly if they think they shit gold for breakfast like all that stuff you got to know all that stuff eh? a lot of them do a lot of them think that uh, uh golden pellets are, are in the toilet every morning there yeah well but you know what like it's it's you got to have confidence if you're not confident like you're not going to be effective well, not I honestly, I think uh, I should have had more confidence in myself when I was getting started. And I think uh, nobody can go wrong with having confidence in yourself. There's a difference no. between being a douchebag and a cocky asshole. And Absolutely. There's, there's a difference between being confident in your ability and being like, yeah, I'm the guy. And if you think that's your puck, I'm going to take it back from you. And, yeah. you know. If you're not confident, you won't succeed. It'll be a short, a short career. Yeah, it's it's a hundred percent correct. Correct, and it's like when I went to the AHL, I was not confident myself. But then I go to the second league of Germany. I'm like, ah, it's the second league of Germany. I'm going to be fine. I didn't realize how good it was until I got there. I see that with a lot of guys going to the UK. They think oh, I'm going to the UK. Like it's going to be, you know, it's going to be. Like, you know, a nice trip to have a few beers, watch some football games and, uh, you know, maybe get a, a, you know, if they're doing schooling, like they can do schooling at the same time. I mean, that's probably the most underrated league in the world right now. Like, Definitely. We were talking, 
like within our company, like after they beat uh, Lausanne, like it's not really shocking because it's the most underrated versus probably the most overrated league in the world, you know? And that's pretty cool that you and your partners get together and just get to talk hockey and that's your job. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be. It could worse be. For sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, the company trips are always a good time too. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Heading to yeah, Europe, yeah. checking out your players, um, talking hockey. It sounds awful. Yeah. One of our partners lives in Vegas. So we have a few Vegas trips here. <sighs> sounds tough. <laughs> <laughs> um well you know i i'm i'm on a, a podcast here that i do this for free um it's all voluntary um i i do get free beers from the bayfield brewing company so thank you to them because they're the best and the best beers around um but uh yeah no i uh it'd be it'd be nice to you know free get compensated is, for your efforts you know free beers is a pretty good deal though i mean it's, that's it, and all I want to do is talk to my friends and have beers, right? Like, and I mean, now, like, I had never met you. We had talked on the phone. Um, this was, you know what? I remember when we talked on the phone. I was working at the Elmira Golf Course um, as a grounds crew worker, um, and I had a little kid on the way, and uh, Colby was a young buck, and I'm living in Elmira, and I thought – uh, my agent ain't doing shit. I better start doing something. And then I yeah, talked to you, um, on a break. Well, in between cutting the greens. I think I remember that, like that you said that the Cardiff offer was in hand or coming maybe. And the talks were happening, but like Asia yeah. was, I was always curious about that. And the, the amount of money I had heard was there. It's, it's, it would have been worth would have been worth it, but I mean, yeah, we gave the, her a uh, good shot, and I don't think you would have been a good fit with the old China Dragons there. Living it wasn't in, them. Uh, the it was definitely not them. It was a different I team. Uh, I think I know which one. Maybe the Japanese team. Maybe it was one of those. Maybe the one Lavecchio went to. Uh, what team was that? I uh, Nippon paper cranes. I think yeah, I'm thinking high one or I don't know. They were nipping my, but it was definitely between me and a guy. And then I looked him up after we talked, and you're like, "I'll." They're between you and this guy, and uh, I looked him up, and I saw he had like two NHL games, and I was like, "Ah." Oh, it was high one. They took David Bryan instead. Who went to Cardiff? No, that's not the name. I know David Bryan. He played for the Florida Everblades when the Daytona Beach Bombers crushed yeah. them in the semifinals in the coast. No, that Easy was the, okay, sunset. That was the, this is while I write the notes before I send it. So Briner, <laughs> yeah, Briner was, uh, yeah, he he was in. They saw the two NHL games when he went to Asia, and they. Uh, Those things can do a this, lot for guys in Europe. Thought he was going to be the second coming of Gretzky, and but you know, fourth line centers aren't natural goal scorers. And that's a thing in any league. If you're a fourth line center, you're a fourth line center. It doesn't matter what league you play in. Like you can be very effective at what you're doing and be an awesome player at it. But if you want a guy to come over to Europe and score goals, you should get a guy that can score goals, right? I had a guy that played with Michael Hanzus in the Slovak league, won a Stanley Cup the year before, went back to Slovakia just to have a last hurrah. They said he was awful. This guy won a cup, played thousand games in the NHL and I said he was like hard to play with in that league because it was just it wasn't so structured right well I I honestly some of the guys I 
played with in Europe, like some of the guys I remember for being hardest to play with and worst. Yeah. were guys that played in NHL. Yeah, I agree. Doesn't yeah. shock me. So um, they were doing their thing and um, yep. they were up and down the wing. They were chipping it and chipping it out. And you're like, different game over here. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. yeah. But you're right. Those games don't change a career. Like you'll always get a job. If you play the NHL. Yeah. And you can do that for them. That's your job now. Yeah. But you got to fit the player to the spot. Yeah. Right. Or else the coaches yeah. are going to get pissed off at you. You send them too many of those guys. Yep, you get a couple of mistakes, but not many. Yeah, and then if you send them the good ones right in their honey hole of what they want, then they uh, come back to you every time, right? Repeat business is always the best. You're right. So, you're right. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. And uh, I, I mean, I don't know how to pump another agent's tires harder than this. <laughs> so this has been another episode. Of two ales at Hockey Tales with uh, Monty and Wally. Yeah, Been called worse. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. That's all right. Some people they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Santa Claus. I'm like Pizza Towns and I'm always speaking my mind. I'm not